the gospel, the good news, the story that Mark writes begins, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God, saying... So what, what Mark is saying, Jesus is beginning his ministry in Galilee. That's the northern part of Israel, around the Sea of Galilee. He's announcing good news. And the question is, what is he saying? What is the good news that he's announcing? Before we go to the next slide, don't go there yet, Steve. Just want to pick your brains. We're small enough that I can do that. What's the good news? What good news is Jesus proclaiming? Those of you that are reading ahead, stop now. I see that. (laughs) When I say good news, you think... Okay, I heard two mumbles, but let's let's see if we... Okay, Jeff, you said what? Yes, did, did you mumble something? His word. Okay, okay, his word. Okay, thank you. Oh, you've been at my house too much. Okay. <laughs> Anything else? If, you, if we were going we to walk out on the streets of New Braunfels and say, what's the good news? What would people say to us? Most often people say, Jesus died for my sins, I'm forgiven, I'm going to heaven. In our culture, at the time we live, that's what most people would say. If we were to ask, we do a survey. You want to do a survey this week? Anyone going to ask? People would say, Jesus died for my sins, I'm forgiven, and I'm going to heaven. Now, I believe that's true. I'm not, I'm not here to say that's not true. But is that the good news that Jesus announced? And I'd have to say Amber has been reading because the content of the gospel is, quoting Jesus, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. What's the good news? The kingdom of God has come near. So God has chosen a time in history. I'm going to act. I'm once again going to engage in human history. If you want to put it in the context between the old and new, I've been silent for 400 years. I'm not going to be silent anymore. I'm going to act definitively. I've got something to say to humanity. The kingdom of God has come near. The question is, how near? How near? Change your mind. Repentance has to do with change your mind, change your perspective. That will lead to a change of behavior, but it always starts in the head. Believe. Believe in the announcement I'm giving you. The kingdom of God is here. I mean, it's so near it's here. So the ministry of Jesus in Mark begins with Jesus. He's making this announcement everywhere he goes. The kingdom of God has come near. And he teaches about that kingdom. He does that in parables. He does that with the twelve. He starts to demonstrate the kingdom. When God is back in charge on the earth. When God is back in charge on the earth. Because God, we told God a long time ago, we we don't want you to be 
ruling. We don't want you to rule anymore. We, we can rule ourselves. So there was a rebellion of humanity. That didn't work so well. It still doesn't work well. So it says, okay, I want to demonstrate. This is what it looks like. When God's back in charge, this is what it looks like. The sick are healed. People are set free from darkness, demonic oppression. People are fed. And he saturates, he saturates Galilee, the northern region of, of he saturates with announcement and demonstration. Then he moves into the Jewish territory. That's where we are in Mark 10. When he, when he get, moves into Judea, uh, like everywhere Jesus went, the crowds appear, he starts teaching. What's he teach them about? He's teaching them about the kingdom. The time has come. And then Pharisees show up. So the religious leaders of the day, the religious establishment show up. They show up to root for him? No. They feel threatened by him. What Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God, the, the, the topic's not new. But what he is saying is revolutionary. And the religious establishment does not like it. So they come to test him. We, we need some dirt on this guy so that we can get rid of him. And then families start bringing their children to Jesus. That's where I want to jump in the story. Mark 10, 13 to 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. The disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, that is the twelve, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took the children up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. There's some lessons for those that are following Jesus, those that are his disciples. You know, there are times that Jesus does get angry. Jesus did not like what he saw. Jesus was indignant. Stop that. Don't hinder children from coming to me. He, the touching, you know, if... If the kids are over there and Jesus, I can't touch them. So his touch conveyed blessing. I I need them right here so I can touch them. And the disciples were rebuking the parents. They They weren't rebuking the kids. You know, Jesus doesn't have time for your kids. Jesus has more important stuff on his plate than your kids. And Jesus said, no, no. Don't keep others from entering my kingdom. He says some things, I hope, that make us all pause. I mean, we could spend a long time talking to this about this, you know, possessing the kingdom. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Now, somebody want to tell me what that means? In what way do children or those like children possess the kingdom? Or is, is the kingdom among our kids? Is the, is the kingdom among children? Then receiving the kingdom. 
Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. How do we receive the kingdom? How will we enter the kingdom? See, if this is the message that Jesus announced and Jesus demonstrated, it's really important for us to understand this, right? I mean, those are not like silly questions. That's important. I mean, like, this was a main topic for Jesus. So let's go two steps back. Earlier, Jesus took a little child and put that child among the disciples. And he, and he, and he, he took in his arms and he said, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Jesus is really saying, openly receive children as the honored guests. The children walk through our door today, according to the economy of Jesus, are our honored guests. Now, I don't think we think of kids that way. (laughs) They didn't think of kids that way in the time that Jesus is demonstrating this. He's saying, in line with a Jewish statement of the time, the emissary of a man is as the man himself. That means the hospitality that is afforded children implies the reception of Jesus, and not only Jesus, but also the Father. That's what he's trying to demonstrate. And if you'll take it a little bit further, you know, if you receive the king, there's an implication that you're receiving the kingdom. And then, then we've, we've, we've bumped into the, the scribes. If you're going to reject the king, you're going to reject the kingdom. So G- Jesus is really trying, to, he's really trying to simplify something. He's trying to give us an illustration. So he says, truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter in it. What I think he's really saying is, as I am welcoming these children, welcome the kingdom. Learn from me to welcome children because with them comes a reminder of welcoming the kingdom. Another way to say that, we will come to share in the kingdom and to enjoy the kingdom as we welcome what Jesus is doing even when it seems so insignificant. Hold on to that. Let me read it one more time so you can hold on to it. We will come to share in the kingdom, to enjoy the kingdom, as we welcome what Jesus is doing, even when it seems so insignificant. The insignificance of a child cannot be underlined enough at the time of Jesus. In the pagan world as such, the pagan world would not have understood any such thing as a serious suggestion that a child is higher or holier than a man. It would have seemed like the suggestion that a tadpole is higher or holier than a frog. Children were noted for fear Weakness, helplessness, to be a child was to be dependent, defenseless, fragile, vulnerable, at risk. Jesus says, if you don't receive the kingdom as a child. Now, how many of us as an adult want to have those titles? 
In the ancient status-ordered world, children were at the bottom of the ladder. Jesus is turning our world upside down. You've heard it. You've heard that statement. With this statement, many who are first will be last. And the last will be first. First means the most important, the most prominent. Last means most insignificant. The last, the least. The message says this is once again the great reversal. Many who are first will end up last and the last first. So how, look at, how do we rank? I mean, whether we're reading the New Testament, like we're back in the time of Jesus, like Jesus is here. The whole context of this, you've got Pharisees, you've got children, you've got a righteous, rich young man. You've got the students, the disciples of Jesus. When you get, we have all of those are within this story right here. So if we're just having a conversation of that group, who's first, who's last, who's the most important, who's not important. Now, if you just kind of maybe move it over to our day, maybe we wouldn't call it the Pharisees, though there is no doubt there is modern day Pharisees. They're still with us. The spirit of Phariseeism is alive and well in our world. The religious. Children. The law keepers. The rich. The followers of Jesus. Again, if we're gonna, let's rank those. Who's, who's first? Who's last? Who's important? Who's not important? Now, don't give me a Sunday answer. Well, they're all important. Now, come on, let's be, how would we rank these? Now, for sure, the Pharisees would have said, well, of course we're first. We're most important. My friends, the religious would say that today. No doubt, we are the most important. We count the most. The rich? Where do the rich rank in our world? Pretty high on the list. Did y'all read that? Just a little aside. Did you read that the, the billionaires of the world have accumulated enough wealth today to end poverty as we know it across the globe seven times over? I think they've done that in a year. Isn't that incredible? So if the wealthy walked in the door, where, where would we seat them? I mean, James recognized in his day, stop putting them at the head table. They're not the most prominent people in the room. They're people, they're valuable to God, but come on. Again, where would children be, whether you're back then or now? The bottom. But what's Jesus doing? He's turning our world upside down. It's saying what, what we would say would be first, according to our ranking, become last. So Pharisees, quotation marks, or the rich who cannot let go 
of their earthly kingdom in order to possess the eternal kingdom. Everything I've read about the wealthy, it's not so much the money, it's the power. It's the power of choice. The power to be above. So when Jesus has this conversation with this rich young ruler who Jesus loves and he has this heart of, well, I've obeyed it all. I've, I've, I've been very obedient to what God's revealed in the law. And Jesus says, that's great. Now sell everything that you have, give all of that to the poor and come follow me. And he says, I, I, I can't do that. I, 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 can't, I can't let go of my little kingdom in order to enter into the kingdom that you're offering. I can't do that. And then the disciples are watching that and going, oh my goodness gracious. If the rich can't get in, which again, that's their ranking. If Man, if the rich can't get in, who, who, who's going to get in? And Jesus said, well, the children will get in. Quote, children. And the followers of Jesus who are able to leave everything in order to receive the eternal kingdom. Because it's valuable. It's more valuable than anything else that is offered us in this life. There's been a lot of discussion about the eye of the needle. Well, just let's just use the needles that we know about. If you were a thread and you needed to go through the eye of the needle and you were, you were holding on to your little thread kingdom, whatever a thread kingdom is, you couldn't go through there. You got to let go of your stuff to go through that, right? So it's really all Jesus is saying, whether it's the place where camels went or whether it's really literally the eye of a needle, is that you can't hold on to what you have in this world without relinquishing that to enter in the kingdom. Now, what Jesus says is once you let go, once you enter my kingdom, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be really better. I will replenish everything along with troubles. So I'm going to balance your life out. (laughs) You know, we think that wealth is going to insulate us from troubles. And Jesus said, no, it's not. So let go of your kingdom to enter my kingdom. The great reversal. So Jesus took children up in his arms. He laid his hands on them. He blessed them. So my hope, you know, as I kind of go through this whole sequence of events, my hope is that we will welcome and bless children. And at the same time, welcome the kingdom of God as it comes and enter it when it comes towards us in the most insignificant ways. Many times in my life, people have asked me, have you received forgiveness? My answer is yes. People have asked, have you received Jesus? Yes. Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Have you received Jesus as your Lord? Yes. Very few times has anybody asked me if I've received the kingdom. Now, truthfully, you can't have one without the other. But most of the time in our appeal to our generation, it's about receiving 
Savior without mention of kingdom. And I'm just simply saying, Jesus doesn't do that. And as we read the story, that's not what he's saying. So I, I can ask, have you entered the kingdom? Do you know that you've entered the kingdom? Have you, have you received what has been offered to you through Jesus? The kingdom is near. It's so near you can enter it. Because if those of us that are gathering on a Sunday morning in the name of Jesus don't understand that we're in a kingdom that's turning our world upside down, then we, then we don't really don't realize that when we go back out through those doors and go back into our neighborhoods and to our homes, tomorrow to our places of business, to our classrooms, spring break, we don't realize that we go with the announcement of the kingdom. And everywhere we go, let your kingdom come. As I am living in your kingdom, as I'm living under your rule, I'm inviting your kingdom to come here. As I'm learning that, I want your will to be done over my will. I want your will to be done here on the earth now, as it's being done in heaven. I I want the rule of heaven to come here. So if you and I don't realize we've entered that kingdom, then we're not going to do that. And if we don't do that, how is this announcement going to get out? Who's going to deliver this announcement? So, I would like to deputize you today. Right? And and wouldn't that be fair? I mean, Amber, how long do you live with us, Amber? Uh, See, it only took her two years to get it. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't notice your weird face. (laughs) We have an incredible opportunity. And I want us to make the most of the opportunity that we have. So I want us to know the message. And I and I truly believe our, our world is clamoring, crying. So what I'm basically to deputize means I just want to pray that we get it, that we understand. And then having understood that we enter, that we receive the kingdom, and then we go out. And in, I mean, there, there's a great adventure for us out and about our town, our state, our country, the world to continue to do what Jesus did in announcing the kingdom, demonstrating the kingdom. Inviting people to enter the kingdom. And I know that my life right now is too short to accomplish. That. I got, there's got to be others younger than me that do this. Because there's a whole world that needs to keep hearing this. So, would you like to stand with me? And I, just, I really just want to invite the Holy Spirit to bring under, greater understanding than what I just passed along, that he'd bug you, bug me, to come to really come to an understanding of what this is. Because if we were hanging out with Jesus, he would have been talking about this all the time. Hanging out with Paul, he would have been talking about this all the time. Because it's not an easy thing to get a hold of. But once it gets a hold of us, we're really effective. So Holy Spirit, would you please come? Would you please come and be our teacher? Teach us. 
Teach us what Jesus taught. Teach us that a kingdom has come and it's coming and it will come in a fullness someday. And thank you that that kingdom has come near enough that we can enter into that kingdom. We can receive that kingdom. And we can begin to possess that kingdom and live in the benefits of that kingdom now, not just later. And Lord, thank you that as we enter into your rule and your reign on the earth as it is now, the Lord, you give us a message to announce to our neighbors and to the nations. And Lord, as I stand before you, I just don't know that enough people really have heard this message. So Holy Spirit, would you empower us to be the messengers, to take what we know at this point and what you will teach us about the kingdom of God coming and coming and coming. Send us out to deliver that message to our generation. Let us do In that sense, what Jesus did to announce and to demonstrate the kingdom to your glory for your sake and for the benefit of humanity. Help us, Lord. In your name, amen.